uh, fun packed day uh, into something quite serious quite quickly. A long weekend rescue effort in North Vancouver ends in tragedy. Plus, new national recommendations about mixing and matching COVID shots and. After two months, two and a half months of applying for the job, I'm still sitting here waiting. Why retired nurses speaking out about firefighters getting jobs to give out jabs. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We'll get to those stories in a moment, but we begin tonight with breaking news from Coquitlam. We're getting reports of possible shots fired near the area of Hart Street and Henderson Avenue. This is all happening in the last half an hour or so. We do have cameras and reporters en route to the scene. We'll, of course, bring you the latest as soon as we get it. To Vancouver Island now, where RCMP say the Lower Mainland's ongoing gang war has reached Nanaimo. They're tying a deadly shooting Thursday afternoon to gang activity. One person was killed in a fast food restaurant parking lot on Thursday afternoon. Police arrested three suspects at a nearby motel. The trio has ties to the Vancouver area. They have since been released pending further investigation. Police, meanwhile, are conducting a massive canvas of nearby homes and businesses this weekend. In particular, they're focusing on the movements of a 2003 white Cadillac Escalade in the days leading up to Thursday's murder. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. And as gun violence continues to plague Metro Vancouver, the province's anti-gang unit hit the road today to engage the public. The Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit stopped at Metrotown this morning before taking their message to Queen's Park in New Westminster and Kitts Beach. The goal, to chat about the realities of gang life and build relationships with the community. Multiple gangsters have been hunted and executed in the Lower Mainland over the last month. The officers heard from people who were concerned, including a couple who's had two homicides in their neighborhood. Uh, we've already had many of those conversations today with people who have not just expressed their thanks for the police and the job that we're doing in communities, trying to keep everybody safe. Uh, but also talking about some of the things that they think we could be doing better. And those are very important conversations to have. Well, this long weekend already proving to be an extremely busy one for members of North Shore Rescue. They responded to multiple calls to find lost or injured outdoor enthusiasts, including one search that ended in tragedy. Paul Johnson has the latest. Only a day into the long weekend, and it's been a near non-stop search and rescue pattern on Vancouver's North Shore. We've had five calls, actually just today, this afternoon and this morning. Uh, we may get a few more this evening, but it's been extremely busy for us. Uh, going up the ridge, over. From Mount Seymour to Lions Bay, authorities have been called out for hikers, mountain bikers, and others in distress. The most serious, though, ended in tragedy this morning with the discovery of a man's body in a steep gully in the area of Mount Frum. A massive search for him had been underway since he was reported overdue from a hike late Friday. The individual was hiking with a partner. Uh, they had become separated and the partner was the one that reported him missing. With two full days yet to go in the long weekend that marks summer's unofficial start, search and rescue crews are already having to manage resources and fatigue. Pent-up demand from pandemic restrictions combined with the natural lure of the North Shore backcountry appears to have made for a perfect storm of people finding themselves in trouble. 
Vancouver is very close to uh, some significant wilderness areas and that's great, that's a big attraction for Vancouver. So um, we get a lot of people here um, who would like to spend a lot of time in the outdoors. For those contemplating a local wilderness experience, the message is this, don't be deceived because your hike may only be a short drive from home. If you're going into an area where um, you're uncertain about the train, uh, look at photos, look at maps, look at Google Earth. Stay together. On the North Shore, Paul Johnson, Global News. And conservation officers have brought in a bear trap to a trail in North Vancouver between Upper Lonsdale and Mount Fromm. On Friday, an aggressive black bear swiped and bit a hiker. It then charged at several others until the group shouted at it. So far, the bear has not been located and the conservation officer service has closed the area to the public. To the latest now on the COVID-19 pandemic in Canada, federal health officials have now issued recommendations about mixing and matching doses of vaccines. The National Advisory Committee on Immunization is recommending that patients receive the same vaccine in round two as they did the first time. But if that vaccine is not available, NASI is suggesting the Johnson & Johnson shot can be paired with the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. It also says Moderna can be used in place of a second dose of Pfizer-BioNTech and vice versa. More than half of Canada's population has now received their first dose of a vaccine, but officials and scientists say caution is still needed since half of the country's residents still aren't protected. Well, as the battle against COVID-19 continues in the Fraser Health region, there's another fight that's picking up steam inside vaccination centers. It involves retired nurses who are competing with firefighters for the job of inoculating the public. Julia Foy explains. That is me, very young, um, graduating from Grant McEwen. And at the time, um, we actually had to wear caps. Surrey resident Karen Thayer started her career as a registered nurse in 1984. She retired in February of 2020, just before the pandemic hit. But when the government asked for help to vaccinate the public against COVID-19, she signed up for duty. But no one has called. Confused. Uh, it makes me feel um, annoyed because I'm available and have been available over these two and a half months. Then there's Anne-Marie Plummeridge, who after 41 years as an RN, is also sitting on the sidelines. And it's not just about me. It's about all the other nurses out there that want to help. However, at many vaccination sites in Fraser Health, you will see a number of firefighters who've been trained by other nurses to give shots. The BC Firefighters Union confirms members were invited by the health authority to help out and are being paid overtime wages, which could be up to three times a nurse's wage. Why they have chosen to hire firefighters when there are presumably um, a lot of us nurses that um, uh, answered the call. The BC Nurses Union says it's not about the money, but this is about having nurses who are the lead professionals on immunization being given priority amongst other professionals that have so willingly stepped up to support the effort. We've spoken to the nurses' union. Uh, we're very supportive of the work that they do tirelessly on the front lines, every other profession, and we're simply there to be of support wherever we're called upon. And again, we do it at the discretion of the health authority and government. We reached out to Fraser Health officials to find out how many retired nurses have applied to work in a clinic. 
They didn't tell us that number. They did tell us 61 retired professionals are now working in clinics. As for why firefighters might be getting jobs and nurses aren't, they had no response. I think we could work together, but I don't think we should be hired. They should be hired instead of us. As a taxpayer, I'm appalled at um, the amount of money that's being paid over time and to these firefighters. Julia Foy, Global News. An acute care unit at Richmond Hospital is closed to new admissions and transfers due to a COVID-19 outbreak. Seven elderly patients on Unit 4 North have tested positive for the virus. All non-essential visits to the unit are now suspended until outbreak measures are lifted. Vancouver Coastal Health says strict infection control protocols, including contact tracing, are in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Richmond Hospital remains open for urgent and emergency care. Canadian public health officials have said 75% of the population is the vaccination target for reopening the border and getting back to many of the group activities that have been paused for months. With hesitancy still an issue, Fraser Health is hoping a new initiative will strike a chord with people under 30. I wish I could just kind of give you a little shake and just kind of say there isn't, there just isn't a reason to be vaccine hesitant. Frankie Chenna says get the shot. The chances of getting COVID are so much higher than any complications with the vaccine. The 29-year-old TV host, also a Fraser Health influencer, encouraging immunization among young adults. The Fight the FOMO or Fear of Missing Out campaign selling the vaccine as the ticket to returning to normal life. What we've heard by and large through our young uh, influence, influencers panel and speaking with young people is that majority of them do want to get immunized, it's just timing. While more than 50% of all British Columbians have had at least one dose, the younger the demographic, the fewer people are getting vaccinated. It is the most horrific thing that you can't be with your loved ones in, in these hard times. For me, that is the FOMO, you know, that I want, I want to fight. Chenna lost two uncles during COVID and wasn't able to say goodbye. Follow the science, listen to doctors, listen to logic. Hey, you. Even if we get 100% of people over 60 immunized, we won't get to community immunity unless we have young people also getting immunized. As Canadians crave this again, experts say our hesitancy rate is falling. For most people, the imperative of getting a vaccine and the fear of missing out is much higher. So we're actually seeing vaccine acceptance rates rising. We are so close to the finish line. We are The light is at the end of the tunnel, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and I want us to get there. Kristen Robinson, Global News. All right, we're returning now to our top stories. We continue to track a shooting, possibly, is what we're hearing in the Coquitlam area of Henderson and Hart. Our chopper has just arrived at the scene, so we're looking at these shots right along with you for the first time. There are several police vehicles in what is very much a residential area here. Uh, we did spot a tarp beside a white SUV in the center of the shot there. Again, police just arriving at the scene. We heard reports of a possible shooting in this residential area within the last hour and we of course have 
sent a crew to the scene and have contacted police to confirm uh, whether there was a shooting and whether it was fatal. Again, we have seen a tarp at the scene here near Hart and Henderson. Details are slim at this point. We'll continue to bring you the latest as soon as we get it. Right now, though, more to the day's top stories. A 35-year-old man has been charged after IGA Robson says a customer went crazy inside their store last month. Gordon Douglas Elwood is accused of mischief and assault in connection with the April 23rd incident. Video shows an unmasked suspect swinging at people and smashing flower pots. Police say an employee was struck in the head while a second worker was threatened. IGA says the suspect was upset that his debit card was denied and ended up destroying more than $15,000 worth of equipment and stock. Staff and bystanders held him down until police arrived. Elwood's next court date is May 27th. The search for a missing diver in Okanagan Lake continued into its eighth day today. A helicopter crew was brought in in hopes of spotting something from the air. And while spotters in the helicopter did see several shapes in the water, the diver has still not been found. The search began last Saturday afternoon when a diver swimming with a group failed to resurface. He's been identified as 52-year-old Brian Lannan, a firefighter and captain with Kamloops Fire Rescue. Central Okanagan Search and Rescue says they're on the water for about 12 hours every day. It's up to the RCMP how long you want to continue the search. Um, they are interested in bringing them back just like everybody else. Search and Rescue is once again pleading with recreational boaters this long weekend to stay clear of the search area, which is at the east end of the WR Bennett Bridge. Vancouver police dealt with another busy night at English Bay. This was the scene at the beach. Vancouver police say around 500 people attended the gathering. VPD's beach patrol put one man in handcuffs but say no arrests were made. More officers will be out throughout the long weekend in the West End, Yale Town and along the Granville Strip to enforce ongoing provincial health orders. Victoria police believe there may be more victims after a sophisticated Bitcoin fraud saw two retail stores with the same outlet lose thousands of dollars. Police say criminals targeted the Victoria and Saanich businesses simultaneously on Wednesday afternoon. In both cases, a man who identified himself as Robert Wells called the stores claiming to be a regional manager. The alleged scammer told staff that business licenses needed for a health inspection were about to be delivered. At the same time, a second alleged fraudster phoned in claiming to be from the delivery company. That person confirmed the delivery with a tracking number and demanded advance payment in Bitcoin. The man posing as the regional manager then directed employees to take the money to a local Bitcoin ATM. One of the locations, the, uh, the staff member who was not able to get enough money out to cover the, cover the cost, went into their own personal account to try to cover the costs. And why did they do this? Because what they were told on the phone by this person who they believed to be a regional manager was if they don't pass the inspection, the location will shut down and they and their coworkers will lose their jobs. So really, if someone's asking for you to pay by gift card or Bitcoin, it's likely a fraud. 
Fire has caused extensive damage to a bar in Vancouver's West End. Firefighters were called to the Capitol at Davie and Butte this morning. It's believed the establishment was being renovated. A resident who lives in a suite above the bar recorded on his smartphone as smoke from the fire poured into his kitchen. One person was treated at the scene for smoke inhalation. The fire was soon extinguished, but a gas leak may have contributed to the blaze. The cause remains under investigation. We knocked down the original fire down in the, the main floor in the restaurant, but it got up through the walls and up into a void space in between the restaurant and the suites up above. So we had sent some crews home. We did some more investigation and we found it in the wall uh, just underneath the roof on the one on the one side. I live there. So as soon as I woke up, I heard the uh, fire alarm. I opened the door and there was a lot of smoke in the building, in the apartment. We went out, called the 911, and the firefighters arrived like in three minutes, something like that. To the Okanagan now, where an aggressive fire at a retirement resort has displaced more than 40 seniors in Kelowna. The multi-story fire broke out around 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Darian Matessa-Fung has the latest. 46 seniors are out of their homes after a multi-story fire at a retirement resort in Kelowna. I was sitting watching television and I looked out my window and noticed the smoke. So I came out on my porch just in time to see the fire come out from underneath that porch right there, the one that's so badly damaged. And it just seemed like it was a a mini explosion and very quickly it just went up all the way to the fourth floor. Luckily, no one was seriously injured in the fire at Missionwood Retirement Resort, although one man did sustain minor smoke inhalation when he apparently tried to put out the fire. Well, it must have been about 10 minutes before it reached the top. And as you can see from the picture, it just um, destroyed everything. The two the four units on either side have a lot of water damage and smoke damage, but fortunately the lady that was in the bottom one, they were able to get her out okay. According to the Kelowna Fire Department, the fire mostly stayed on the exterior of the building. They were able to put it out quite quickly. Very quickly. Uh, the access off Gordon was, was quite, uh, quite good, so we were able to stretch a hand line uh, into the back of the building and knock the fire down. Then we had other crews that went in from the front to check the suites uh, from the hallway. After an initial investigation, the fire has been deemed as not suspicious. As far as a cause, we don't know that yet. RCMP fire investigators and our fire investigators are working together to try and determine a cause. Last word I got was uh, it was undetermined at this time, not suspicious, uh, but the investigation is still active. The 46 displaced seniors are being taken care of by the Missionwood Retirement Resort. Darian Matasafung, Global News, Kelowna. Returning now to our top story, police are investigating reports of shots fired in Coquitlam. This is the scene right now near Henderson Avenue and Hart Street, just off the Trans-Canada Highway. RCMP officers are converging on an alley in a residential neighborhood. You can see a white SUV with its passenger side door open. A yellow tarp is also visible on the ground next to the driver's side. Still no word from police on what happened here or whether this incident could be linked to the Lower Mainland's deadly gang conflict. We do have a crew on the scene and we'll bring you the latest from officials as soon as we get it. 
More people were arrested today over a controversial logging operation on Vancouver Island. Officers arrested at least five people, four of whom were chained together, and a fifth who was in a bear costume. As the RCMP carried out a court injunction to remove activists blocking access to the Ferry Creek watershed. The company Teal Jones has been granted a license to log the area, but activists and their supporters are calling on the provincial government to better protect what's left of the old growth forests. We're willing to risk everything to protect these ancient forests because, you know, in the midst of a biodiversity climate crisis, um, it's just morally irrehensible to be logging 2,000-year-old yellow cedar forests. Our ultimate goal here, uh, aside from enforcing the injunction, is, is safety. We want to ensure that everybody is safe. As of Friday, RCMP say they arrested 26 people in connection with that blockade. A surprising sight for some residents in the Fleetwood neighborhood in Surrey today. Bears wandering through some front yards. Take a look. An adult and two juveniles were spotted walking past a home near 164th Street and 85th Avenue just after noon today. Bear sightings are said to be rare in that area. We are returning once again to our top stories. We continue to track a possible shooting in Coquitlam. Police are investigating reports of just that. This is the scene right now near Henderson Avenue and Hart Street, just off the Trans-Canada Highway. Several officers are on scene here in what is largely a residential area. They're in an alley in that residential neighborhood. You can see a white SUV there with its passenger side door open. A yellow tarp is also visible on the ground next to the driver's side of that vehicle. Still no word from police on what happened here or whether this incident could be linked to the ongoing Lower Mainland gang conflict. Anti-Semitic attacks and online slurs in the U.S. are on the rise since fighting broke out in the Middle East. The Anti-Defamation League has found more than 17,000 anti-Jewish tweets. Jennifer Johnson has more. Violence and chaos in New York's Times Square after someone in a pro-Palestinian caravan threw fireworks into a crowd of pro-Israel supporters. As the crowd scatters, this video captures the moment 29-year-old Joseph Borgen was viciously attacked. I'm surrounded by like a whole mob crowd of people. Uh, they proceeded to, you know, obviously assault me, beat me, kick me, punch me, hit me with crutches. Tensions are rising across America following almost two weeks of bloodshed in the Middle East. And it's not just physical attacks. Anti-Semitic comments are flooding social media too. We are seeing a level of anti-Semitism related to the conflict in the Middle East that is beyond quantifiable. In Los Angeles, restaurant patrons were pelted with glass bottles and attacked by people waving Palestinian flags. Tempers are flaring on both sides. Members of the Chicago Coalition for Justice in Palestine flooded the streets, demanding Congress put a hold on sales of U.S. weapons to Israel. But in other places, Israeli supporters are blasting Hamas for its actions. They have been keeping the people of Gaza hostage, shooting missiles at the Israeli civilians, and they don't care who these bombs are falling on. Police in New York, Los Angeles, and other cities say they are stepping up patrols to try and prevent more attacks as anger from the Middle East spills over to America. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. 
China has left its first footprints on the red planet. Take a look. The country's rover successfully moving from its landing platform onto the Martian surface today. China is the second country after the U.S. to land and operate a rover on Mars. The six-wheeled solar-powered rover will record the Martian landscape with high-resolution 3D images. It's also analyzing the material composition of the planet's surface to detect its subsurface structure and search for traces of water and ice. In Health Matters Now, it is official. There was no flu season this year in B.C. The B.C. CDC saying there was no sign of the influenza virus circulating in 2020 to 2021. They say, quote, this influenza season was exceptional in not having actually really happened. Since September 27th to May 1st, just 18 flu viruses were detected in 11 people. By contrast, for the same time period over the last five seasons, there were an average of 5,600 influenza detections each season. Ever find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time? We'll look at how this driver wound up on the steps of a Vancouver Island hotel. That is just ahead, but first, researchers say the severity of this year's wildfire season will depend on what kind of weather the next few months will bring to western Canada. Parts of Saskatchewan, Manitoba and B.C. have reported either significant drought or record low rainfall between January and April. Mike Flanagan, a professor of wildland fire at the University of Alberta, says recently there's been a drop in the number of fires, but an increase in those caused by lightning strikes. There have been more than 215 wildfires reported so far this season in BC. And a sure sign of nice weather, Vancouver's outdoor pools open today for the summer season. The pool at New Brighton, one of three to open for public and length swimming. The pools are operating at reduced capacity as part of their COVID-19 safety protocols. Anyone wanting to use the pool has to book online and change rooms are not available. Still, most people were happy to get out and enjoy the sun. What did you think of the pool being open, buddy? Hey, it was fun. Yeah? I got to belly flop and cannonball. Uh -huh. Did you? And I went under the water. So happy it's open. I'm, I just wish we didn't have to go through all the steps to book an appointment. And, but, you know, it's COVID. Oh, silver linings. Those kiddos look yeah. so happy as we bring in meteorologist Yvonne Shell for a look at the forecast. Perfect pool weather today. It was absolutely gorgeous out there, Nithu. We had the sunshine in the mix, and we are going to see a bit of a different weather picture for the latter half of the long weekend. We'll have the timeline coming up in just a moment. Beautiful shot. This one was captured in Vancouver downtown, so thank you so much, John. Another snapshot of some of the numbers that we did see for the day today. Highs in the interior with Kamloops even getting up to 26, pushing closer to 30 near Lillooet, and for the south coast today we had 16 by the water areas away from the water were closer to 20 degrees here's a current shot of what it looks like overlooking english bay temperatures are sitting at 16 and we've got a southwesterly wind at nine kilometers per hour we do have some cloud cover rolling in should still remain dry partly cloudy for the early morning hours and then as we get in towards the afternoon tomorrow a heads up we do have an increase in cloud cover and a chance of showers moving in as early as the afternoon and continuing to see that towards the early evening here's the weather picture 
pressure. We've had a ridge of high pressure that's been the dominant feature that's given us the sunshine and dry conditions. It is going to weaken and we've got a number of systems that will push in. One area across the province that will continue to see that instability is along the northern half with still a few isolated showers into the early morning hours. And then by tomorrow afternoon, it's along the south coast that will see that chance of showers. And then by Monday, we'll have on and off showers. So it looks to be unsettled, especially on our Monday and leading into early next week as well. Now, here's a look at the northern half of the province for tomorrow. We do have a fair bit of cloud cover, especially for coastal areas. The northeastern corners will see temperatures up to 23 degrees, dry with the partly cloudy sky across the central interior and then areas towards the south tomorrow. The winds are going to pick up, so a heads up, we do have the potential to see gusts of up to 40 and 50 kilometers per hour. So breezy for tomorrow, but still underneath dry conditions. More cloud cover is going to move in for the southern interior towards the evening. And along the south coast, we've got a dry start, partly cloudy for the morning hours, but we've got that cloud cover and a chance of showers moving in for the afternoon. Highs tomorrow will still bump up to 17. We will continue to see that shower activity on and off on Monday so far a touch cooler in towards next week on and off showers uh, but we are going to hopefully see some breaks in there as well Neithu? a rain we can use certainly you thanks bet. so much Yvonne a wrong turn led to a misadventure for a driver in Victoria late yesterday take a look the traffic unit tweeting out this photo of a motorist who ended up in front of the Regent Hotel on the Victoria waterfront seems the driver made a wrong turn onto a bike path. Then the misadventure got worse when the driver turned towards the hotel and ended up stuck on the front steps. No one was hurt, luckily, and police do not suspect the driver was impaired. Yikes. Tricky spot to be in. <laughs> no kidding. Well, it is hard to find a parking spot in Victoria. <laughs> no kidding. Sometimes you got to make it up. That's just it. All right, what is driving the top story in sports, Barry? Well, the Whitecaps are uh, trying to snap out of a bit of a funk. They have uh, lost their last couple on the road. They're uh, on the road again in Houston in the first half. So some early highlights of that one. And uh, Phil Mickelson uh, doing it for us old guys. 50 years old, trying to become the oldest player ever to win a golf major. He's got the lead after three rounds at the PGA Championship. Highlights of his round. Typical Phil. Some great <laughs> shots, but lots of adventures. So that's all coming up. And we know the Jays are playing tonight as well because our CKNW colleague Toby Kerr is donning his lucky jersey that he's had <laughs> they for... They do. We'll have some highlights of that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. We are returning again to our top story and breaking news as police remain on scene in a Coquitlam neighborhood after a report of shots fired late this afternoon. The violence unfolded near Henderson Avenue and Hart Street just off the Trans-Canada Highway. An alley in a residential neighborhood is currently blocked off as police gather evidence. You can see a white SUV with its passenger side door open. A yellow tarp is also visible on the ground next to the driver's side, but we have still not heard from police on what happened here or whether this incident could be linked to the Lower Mainland's deadly gang conflict. Some scary moments there for residents of that Coquitlam neighborhood, and we are working to confirm details. We'll bring you the latest as soon as we have it. I was on my balcony repotting plants and I heard about six shots. And when I looked, I lived down a really long driveway and I, when I looked across the street, I saw somebody running away and they had like blue pants on and a blue shirt on and that's, and I think it was a male and that's all I saw. I was watching the hockey game. And I heard probably, I thought it was about three or four shots. Yeah. The thing I thought, it's like, there's nobody lighting fireworks off right now. And I was like, 
And next thing we know, about half an hour later, there's cops everywhere. Shifting gears now to an inspiring story. For many, movies are an escape from reality, but for one award-winning Canadian filmmaker, he hopes his work holds up a mirror to the BIPOC community and inspires others to take ownership of their own stories. Welcome home, Marianne. The latest film from director and producer Ryan Singh is a family affair. The Guyanese-born Canadian filmmaker's eight-year-old twins star in Henry, a sci-fi flick examining their relationship with artificial intelligence. I think it was really fun. Ava and her brother Sebastian were only six years old when they co-wrote the script with their father. They were also involved in the post-production, a deliberate decision by Singh. I wanted them to be involved in the process. Empowering them will allow them to have options and choices growing up and be able to curate their own programs. Taking ownership of their stories as young black children, Singh says the urgency of this was painfully highlighted during the events of 2020. It ignited the need to tell diverse stories because if people don't know about us, they won't care about us. Singh's previous movie, Memento, took viewers on a journey to Africa. The award-winning documentary became a deeply personal film that dispelled whitewashed myths about the continent as it was told through the eyes of black people. Bodies packaged in black skin that nobody seems to want. We are the voiceless. We are the ones. Spoken word artist Dwayne Morgan was part of the documentary. He says more and more people are recognizing that their stories are not being told through the right lens. And that needs to change allowing people the space to start actually telling their own stories because if you don't tell the story you usually end up getting written out of the history so i think it's very important that we tell the stories that that we live singh's latest story henry is currently being screened on the festival circuit but is one audience in particular that has already stood out for him a group of kids from an underserved community in toronto watched the film and say they saw themselves in its characters it's important for people of color, black people especially, to start having an amplified voice. Miranda Anthesel, Global News, Toronto. Taking you back to the scene of a reported shooting in Coquitlam on the corner of Henderson and Hart. Our ground crews have just arrived on the scene and as you can tell they're panning out where you can tell this is a residential neighborhood where streets have been blocked off. Several police officers have converged to the area. They have been focusing based on what we've seen on the aerial shots from our chopper on an alleyway behind a home where a white SUV was seen with the passenger door open. You could see yellow tarp beside that door. Uh, we've heard from some residents who said they heard the sounds of shots being fired. This happened within the last 90 minutes. Again, this is in Coquitlam in the area of Henderson and Hart. We have still not heard any official details from police or whether this incident could be linked to the ongoing Lower Mainland gang conflict. We'll, of course, bring you the latest information as soon as we have it. Right now, though, it's 648. Time now to bring back Barry for a look at sports and uh, hopefully good night for the Whitecaps, Barry. Yeah, hopefully. Thank Thanks, Neetu. The uh, Whitecaps would love to get something out of tonight's game in Houston. After uh, tonight, they do not play again for nearly a month because of the international break. They've lost two in a row and need something to feel good about or they'll be in a bad mood for the next four weeks. Caps have been shut out in their last two matches, looking for some offense tonight in Houston, but it doesn't start well as uh, Max Crepeau with a rare error here spills the cross right onto the foot of Memo Rodriguez. Memo to self, do not give it to Memo in that spot. Fires it in, 1-0 Dynamo. 
Whitecaps do respond with some great chances. K.O. Alessandre from distance, that's over 30 yards out, gives it a go, just barely misses the far post. It's 1-0 right now, Houston. They are late in the first half. 50-year-old Phil Mickelson is trying to make history this weekend in South Carolina. If Phil can win the PGA Championship, he'd be the oldest player to ever win a golf major. Mickelson began today's third round tied for the lead with Louis Oosthuizen. But make no mistake, all eyes were on Phil, who has not played well at all this year. Just eight cuts made in 14 tournaments and his best finish tied 21st at the Masters. Mickelson, though, was the 2005 PGA Championship winner trying to turn back the clock and Phil got busy early. Check out this on the second hole from 266 out. Smashes it onto the green to some 15 feet away would make a two-putt birdie and he got to six under and you can hear the crowd. They were behind Phil cheering him on today. Next hole from the waste bunker and some Mickelson magic. 100 yards out. Phil shapes it in there to two feet away, another birdie, and he is at seven under par. Meanwhile, Canadian Corey Connors, who led after the first round, tee shot here on the par 3-8, 208 yards out. Great balance swing, as always, from Connors, and this is to within two feet. He would tap it in for birdie. Connors shot a one over 73. He's at one under, tied for 10th. Back to Phil at the sixth. This is a 17-footer. For birdie, Phil's putting has been awful for most of the year, but he's dialed in right now. Mickelson goes four under on the front side, nine under par, a four-shot lead. Then on the 10th, keeps it going. This is a seven-footer for birdie. That goes in. Mickelson to double digits at 10 under and a five-shot lead. Brooks Kepka, meanwhile, won the PGA in 2018 and 2019. Always plays great in the majors, trying to keep Phil in sight. And he will birdie the 12th to get to six under par. Now, after Mickelson bogeyed 12, South Africa's Louis Oosthuizen rolls in the birdie. It's a two-shot swing, gets to seven under. Phil's lead down to two. But at the 13th, after Oosthuizen dunked his tee shot, Mickelson steps up and does the exact same thing. You didn't think Phil would avoid any drama, did you? Phil made double. His lead down to one over Oosthuizen and... Kepka, 16th hole. Kepka flexing those big muscles, crushes one from 284 uphill, lands it on the green. Wow, what a shot by Kepka. Two putt birdie for him. Kepka tied for the lead right there with Mickelson at seven under, but Kepka bogeyed 18, so he finished the day at six under. Mickelson wobbled a bit there, but he steadied the ship enough to carry the lead into Sunday. Knocks in the five footer for par at 18. Mickelson with a one shot lead on Kepka, two on Oosthuizen. Mickelson just one round away from making history. By the way, Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin shot 76 today. He is tied 72nd at plus eight. All right, Stanley Cup playoffs. Leafs and Habs, game two. Carey Price and Montreal looking for a second straight win on the road. You get off to a great start. Uh, start. Jesperi Kotkaniemi will fire the rebound past Jack Campbell. Kotkaniemi didn't play game one, so instant production for the young Finn. 1-0 Habs, but the Leafs get it back. Jason Spezza with the wrister pass Price. Leafs will need Spezza to pick up the slack with John Tavares out at least a couple of weeks with a concussion after that scary knee to the head from Corey Perry in game one. And then it's Austin Matthews. They always need his production. Taps in the Justin Hall rebound. 
That uh, makes it 2-1. Leafs first lead in the series. And then on the power play, Mitch Marner tees it up for Rasmus Sandin. He blows it past Price. And the Leafs have just won game two, 5-1. So that series tied 1-1. Panthers and Lightning. Road team has won the first three games of the series. But Tampa bucked that trend today. They lit up Sergei Bobrovsky just three minutes in. Anthony Sorelli. In alone on the breakaway, slams at five hole. Lightning strike quickly, led one nothing. Now 3-1 Tampa in the second. Beautiful puck movement on the power play. Alex Kalorn finishing the perfect feed from Nikita Kucherov, who had a four-point game. Kucherov leads the playoff scoring race, nine points in four games. Then Steven Stamkos to Kalorn again. Tampa led 5-1. That was it. For Bobrovsky, he got the hook. And with the game out of reach in the third, bad blood late in the game between these two rivals. That's an old-fashioned line brawl. Lightning win it by the final of 6-2. to two, And they now lead the series three games to one. All right, check out some tennis now. Denis Shapovalov in the final of the Geneva Open against young Norwegian Kasper Ruud. Shapovalov with the forehand winner, but he did lose that first set in a tight tiebreaker. Second set, Rude up a break, hits a fantastic running forehand winner just inside the line. It was a tight match, but Rude wins at 7-6-6-4, denying Shapovalov his second ATP Tour win. The French Open begins a week from tomorrow in Paris. NBA playoffs started today in the East. Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks. This was a thriller. Heat down two in the final seconds, but Jimmy Butler at the buzzer ties it. The Butler did it. 99-99. We need overtime in OT in the final seconds. And this time it's Chris Middleton who hits the clutch jumper with half a second to play. And the Bucks beat the Heat 109-107 to take game one. Baseball today, Jays and Rays. Toronto trying to snap a three-game losing skid. Get on the board early after a two-out walk to Vladdy Guerrero Jr. in the first. He Oscar Hernandez shoots one to right. Vladdy comes around to score. one nothing. but that's all the Jays have got so far. This is a low-scoring game, 1-1 playing the eight right now. It appears there has been another shooting in Metro Vancouver. Police are on scene in Coquitlam tonight. Our Paul Johnson is live with the details. Paul, what can you tell us? Yeah, any two. It appears we've had a fatal shooting here in the Millardville neighborhood of Coquitlam late this afternoon. Take a look behind me there and you can get a sense of the scene here. Not a lot of details yet at this point. Um, we're still waiting to talk to the RCMP, but neighbors here have told us that they heard gunshots late this afternoon and our cameras have been able to spot what appears to be a body under a tarp. Heavy police presence here obviously is consistent with a crime of that level of seriousness. The big question obviously that comes to mind is, is this connected to this spate of gangland violence that's been gripping the lower mainland for the past few weeks? We don't have any confirmation of that. We're still waiting to hear from the RCMP and or IHIT, and we'll ask that question of them when we speak to them. That's the latest from here in Millardville, Nitu. We will indeed. All right. Thanks so much again. That is our Paul Johnson near Henderson and Hart there in Coquitlam. Heavy police presence in that residential neighborhood. We will continue to track the latest developments in what is reported to be another shooting. Uh, no word yet from police, but we'll have the latest developments on BC1. And Jordan will be here at 11 o'clock tonight on NewsHour Final. You can also find the latest online at globalnews.ca. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here tomorrow.